Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. John Stahl started his career working on a historic property in Salt Lake City while attending college. John moved to New York City and began a small painting and building restoration company. In 1992, John began a long relationship with This Old House television show demonstrating wood and wood window restoration. John also worked on several articles for This Old House magazine. John assisted Stanford University in surveying and developing a detailed scope of work for the restoration of 1,300 windows and doors at their historic main quad. John is the owner and product developer for Next Generation Systems located in Altamont, New York. Did I get that right? Yes, Altamont, New York. Yes. Okay, very good. Well, John, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Um, We've been kind of virtually connected for a little bit, and I've been watching your your product development and, you know, the different work that you've done, and I thought, you know, it would be interesting for our listeners to, to hear your story. Yeah, that's terrific. I was I was trying to remember when the when the last time was or when we met, but um, maybe we were just uh, been connected online for a long time. I I think so. I I, I can't remember a time that we we've actually met in person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes that line gets blurry. <laughs> it does. It sure does. Especially yeah. after twenty years. Yes. Yes. So, um, tell me how you started your business. Well, I, I've, you know, I've done a, a lot of, I've always been in preservation, almost always been in preservation work. Um, the business I currently have is, is Next Generation Systems, which is actually a, uh, a new um, company that I started about two years ago, hence the name Next Generation, because I, um, I developed a flexible epoxy back in uh, ni- about 1996, 97. Uh, engineered for wood repair, and uh, grew that company um, through until I sold it back in 2008. So um, then I uh, took a little hiatus and did a few different things, and then um, I really love preservation work and uh, love restoring and seeing uh, old houses repaired, not replaced. And uh, so I started Next Generation Systems using uh, some newer technology in flexible epoxies for uh, repairing wood. So it's it's wood specific the the epoxy that you developed. Yes, yes. Right now it's specific to wood repair. Um, we also do uh, you know that's the product end of the company. 
um, because of my work with Stanford and a few other uh, uh, organizations uh, over the years, I'm still doing Windows survey work, scope of work development for um, institutions as well as uh, you know private homeowners. Um, one of the big issues is you know repair versus replacement. Uh, you know, when do I repair? When do I replace? Right. Do you so, go in and evaluate that then for the building owner? Yes, exactly. We'll go in and, and put together uh, you know, several different options. I mean, it's not a cut and dried issue. You know, there's always lots lots to consider uh, depending on what the what the building owner wants and what their objectives are. Right. Yeah, and, um, and I know personally from from our work, I've seen you know from, you know, replace at 50% to replace at 33%, like, you know, and, exactly. you know, it, it, there is a wide variation even among, you know, the preservation specificators. Or, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I'm also dabbling in uh, doing some window restoration work myself. I've got a small crew now, and um, we're doing a few small projects doing window restoration and wood restoration um, here in the New York area, uh, upstate New York. Um, and the other thing that uh, I've been developing is a contractor training program to help contractors to kind of understand the technology, feel comfortable with using it, and uh, kind of uh, increase their portfolio that they can offer their customers. The training program, do you do that on site or do people come to you? Do you have... How do you do the training? Either one. Good okay. question. Either one. It depends... Um, I mean, we we will normally do two or three a year um, here in upstate New York, and people will travel. Um, but I'm always open to uh, you know hopping in the car or hopping in a plane and going out and and doing it for for uh, a contractor in, in other parts of the country. Obviously, there's expenses involved. Um, so either one. Okay, very good. So why why were you drawn to preservation? Why, why did you choose preservation as your your underlying theme of your of your of your working life. Well, I, you know, I don't, I can't say it was a real decision. Like, sat down one day and said, "Okay, this is what I want to do." Um, what when I was in Salt Lake uh, going to college, a roommate of mine in the summer took on a project restoring a historic um, uh, historic register property in Salt Lake City. And he said, "Hey, you know, we need some help. Do you want to come? You want to come work?" And I was like, "Yeah, fine. That's that's good. Whatever. You know, it's work. When you're in college, it's right. work." <laughs> and um, and I really enjoyed it. And they brought in some amazing artists and craftsmen into this property. This was one of Brigham Young's. This was Brigham Young's doctor's house. Okay. Uh, right up in the avenues, and um, and I met some really interesting people that did. You know, finishing and uh, some really you know fine finished carpentry and I was intrigued by it but I was kind of you know heading in a different direction looking to seek fame and fortune on Broadway in New York City so that's how I ended up in New York and um, but uh, you probably never saw my name in lights because they never were in lights oh, no. <laughs> yeah so I uh, ended up um, um, starting a small painting company and that evolved, and since I had done some preservation work, um, there's tons of preservation work in the New York City area, so I got involved in doing that. So it just kind of evolved um, um, 
but it's something that I, I do enjoy, and so here I am. Yeah, I, I have, I definitely, in talking with different preservationists and also the people that we attract to work with us, see that underlying theme of, you know, the art, the arts, the artisans, you know, working together and, and it becoming, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an easy extension. Yeah. A lot of people say, how did you go from, you know, musical theater into you know, doing construction work? And for me, it's, I don't see it as being that much different. I mean, you're, you know, it's still artistic. It's still, I, you know, I love the architecture. I, I, um, it, so, you know, here it, it, it did lend itself in a very practical way, obviously, um, into uh, making a living. So, yeah, very good. Um, so what do you wish you knew when you got started? Um, you know, I brought not specific stuff to preservation, not, um, really, but more broadly, just I wish that I would have networked more, um, built more relationships earlier on with... Uh, people in the preservation world, you know, like architects and engineers right. and contractors. Um, and I think that was just basically the, the, the dilemma that a lot of contractors find themselves in is that they're so busy working, trying to finish jobs, that they don't take time to network and market and uh, increase their knowledge Um so I, I wish I would have maybe spent some time, speaking of increasing knowledge, spent more time maybe in Europe. Um, I did go to Europe and, and learn some uh, amazing techniques for restoration. They're a little further ahead of us uh, for obvious reasons. And so it would have been nice to have spent more time um, uh, training and learning from, from people uh, in other parts of the world. Yes, and and they use different materials um, also yes. than than we do. Yes, different yeah. methods and different yeah. materials. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, again, another thing is, uh, you know, I was thinking about this question, and I thought, well, you know, not afraid to fail. I right. wish I would have not been afraid to just go out there and yeah, fall flat on my face a few hundred times before I, uh, you know, not play it so safe. Right. So. Um, yeah. uh, but none of that is really specifically related to preservation. I think it's just part of business. I, I agree. And, and you know, it, you do as you get more, more exposed to different people, different ideas, but also different projects. You, the knowledge that you gain then, you know, the, the later projects do benefit from that. <laughs> yeah, and the confidence. I think that's yes. a big thing too. I mean, you know, keep, you know, here I was at 21, 22 years old you know, a fine arts major from the Midwest in New York City and, and, you know, restoring these amazing buildings. And I was a little intimidated, to be honest, you know. it's a, um, So I think that was also part of it is that you're gaining confidence. Um, there's really no other way to gain confidence other than just getting out there and doing it. Um, yeah, you could read books and you can go to seminars, but... Um, the only way you're truly going to gain confidence is to get out there and start doing the work and learning and growing. Yeah, I agree. So what, what is the biggest challenge you see in preservation? I, I think for building owners, probably the biggest challenge for them is we still live in very much uh, in, a, in a world of rip out and replace. 
Um, it's one of the things that I think uh, Americans, it's not a, a glamorous trait that we have as Americans, that uh, we tend to look at things as rip out and replace, tear it down, build up new, and you can see that everywhere in our society. Yes. Um, but but on a ground level, um, when I talk, if I do trade shows and I run across your average contractor, not maybe not one that does historic preservation, and they see the photos or they see the stuff that I'm advocating to do, their first thing out of their mouth is, oh, hell, I just rip that out and replace it. Why go through all that trouble? It's very much a um, ingrained in our in our psyche as Americans to to just rip out and replace. Um, so I, so therefore, I think the biggest challenge for somebody who um, is looking to restore their building is finding people that are sensitive to you know that are on the same page. I agree. Yeah. There's still not a lot of us out there. Um, and I know a lot of times I hear people say, since I obviously I'm around a lot of window work, that's where I've been centered on because that's a lot of what exterior wood there is right. in the Northeast. Um, uh, people will say, you know, you're the first person that ever told me that I could restore it, not rip it out and replace it. We hear uh, that a lot also. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, so I think that's one of the biggest challenges is just overcoming that message that you get from, you know, the big boys, the companies like Window World and Marvin, Anderson, Pella, you know, they make a great product, but obviously they want to sell windows. It's like asking a barber if you need a haircut, you know, you're, you're not going to get somebody who's selling new windows to tell you, oh, no, don't buy my new windows, restore these. Right, especially if they're just the salesperson and they're, they're, they're just trying to sell what, they, what, the, what solution they have. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't blame them. I mean, that's, you know, that's, we all, you know, are assigned a certain task and they're out there doing it. Right. Um, so I think that, that it, it's, it's incumbent upon the building owner to sort of step back a little bit and say, you know, I, I want to get a second opinion here. I want to look and try to see if I can find somebody who isn't advocating rip out and replace and let's just take a you know a deeper look at this to see if it's possible. Yeah. And 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 what what options there are. Yes, exactly what options there are, which is yeah, and, and cost. Um, it's not always cheaper to repair. Um, that is another thing that um, a little bit of a misnomer is that oh, it's cheaper to restore. Right. Because there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of labor involved in restoration. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of labor involved, and you have to really compare apples to apples. That's the big issue. Yeah, I can rip out an old 6 over 6 double-hung window and put in a vinyl replacement for probably about $200. Right, you know? yeah. But is that really – that's not apples to apples. No, it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. still, it's still a glass in your, in your, in your window opening, but it's not, it's not the same at all. No, you know, it would be like somebody saying, um, well, geez, you know, you go to a Mercedes dealership or to, a, you know, a, an antique car dealership, right? And you say, geez, a 68 Corvette restored? What? That's $10,000? 
well, I can buy a, a brand new Kia for 20000 Right. And I get better gas mileage and I can, you know, it's like, well, you're not really comparing, you know, apples to apples. No, that, you're not getting the same vehicle. <laughs> no, all. you're not. No. <laughs> I think the other, the other real challenge is the skilled workers is, you know, it kind of goes along with not being able to find the contractors. Right. But also the contractors um, have a hard time finding the skilled workers. And that, uh, that's very true. We went um, to not this past weekend, the weekend before, to an auction for uh, a masonry company that was going out of business. We were interested in the in the scaffolding. And looking around the room, my, my husband and myself were there, and there were maybe two other people that were around our age, you know, 30s, 40s. Everybody else in the room was probably close to retirement age. Yes, yep. Yeah, that's a that's a huge issue, and you see it, you know, in a lot of the articles and stuff that that you know I read on the internet. They're talking about um, the need for skilled labor. Um, so that's an opportunity. It is. It is, and it's an opportunity to educate um, educate you know people people in high school and 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 you know college age that there are there are options without you know necessarily going to college yes. for, for good careers. Um, so um, how are there, are there any things that you do specifically to keep up with trends or are there any trends that you're seeing in preservation that are, that are promising? Um, gosh, I, I, to, you know, I, not really. I, I, it seems to be um, pretty much the same, uh, which is a good, which is good news. Um, like I said, I sold my last business. I, I sold my last business and did something totally different for a while. And then when I was thinking about getting back into uh, selling epoxies and doing window restoration work, I kind of thought, well, I, I think things are different now. You know, we've got so do does it does this even is this even a viable business? Right. And the more I got into it, when I started talking to people, it's like, yeah, it's still the same. People that there's still a lot of the same people doing the work. Uh, they're as busy as ever. Yes, there are new kids on the block also doing the work, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, generally speaking, over time, we're going to start losing more and more of our historic buildings. Right. Uh, you know, the windows are going to get ripped out by, you know, by the window guys and replaced. Um, the houses are going to get torn down or or whatever, you know, it's, things age, um, but then those, the buildings that are left become even more important, um, you know, over the years, so there's still, there's still a, a, a good, a good healthy preservation world out there. That, that, that is, that is, um, I, I can't. No, I guess that that's 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 good. It's it's good that it's a stable kind of you know subset of of the remodeling industry, and also you know that there there are people who are you know continuing to to learn and and to get involved uh, because yeah. without it we would we would be losing you know the, that those skills and um, that knowledge. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I, I, I remember, you know, back, this would have been early 80s, there was, there was like a, uh, 
a thought out there that well you know this is just a this is just a, a trend right this is just this, you know this won't last people like old houses now but they're not going to like them in 10 years and they're going to be ripping them out um you know luckily probably the opposite is true uh just because of the tv shows that are out there and the internet and and um there's more information out there now than there's ever been and the the younger home buyers and building stewards um, appreciate the architecture and appreciate the craftsmanship that are in the older buildings. Yeah, I agree. And I I had made an observation. I don't know if it was last year or the year before last, but there was a there was a you know a realtor commercial. You know, get a realtor, and all of the houses that they were showing were were older houses. And I thought, well, they're they're more. They, they do feel more like home. Like, it's not just a cookie cutter. Every every house is the same. So, yeah, I, I agree that I think that the, the, trend, the trend is continuing towards people wanting, wanting something with permanence rather than, you know, something that's, that's just, you know, throw, thrown up and, and the same as everybody else's. Yeah, and, and it, it would cost so much nowadays to build a new home. Right. I mean, it's phenomenal. I... I you know, even a quarter of a million dollars for a new house is not going to really buy you that great of a house, right. depending on where you're living, you know, depending on the area, where you can buy, you know, a younger homeowner or somebody that's looking to purchase a home can buy much more of a house uh, for less money if they get into to the older uh, properties. Yeah. So, okay, so... Um is there what what makes your business different? What um what what special things do you do you offer or um your about your epoxies? Anything anything you want to share? Well, you know, there, there's two different, three different things actually that we're doing these days. Um, you know, we we have the epoxies that are engineered for wood repair. Uh, some of those those particular features are they're um, easy to use easy to mix, easy to apply, uh, remain flexible, bond well to wood. Uh, our initial product, uh, we warranty for 10 years, a performance warranty if the contractor has been trained. Uh, there's nobody out there that offers a, a warranty on their epoxy products. Um, we're also introducing just well, uh, for this podcast, we're going we're gonna to launch. We're launching a new product, um, which is a cold weather formula. Uh, so it works well for uh, temperatures uh, like we're having here today in upstate New York, uh, 40, 45 to 65 degrees. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, and then with the service end of things, uh, I, because I've been involved on so many aspects of the window restoration business from hands-on to developing products to doing survey work um, we've got a, a a rich experience in all aspects so we can that we have that to bring to the table for the building owner um, to to offer them you know a, a good a good service in terms of the survey work and repair versus replacement and your repair work is mostly for upstate New York yeah, yeah, we're 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 um pretty much you know say within a ninety mile radius of Albany, New okay. York. Yep. 
And let's see. How how can our listeners contact you? They can contact me um, either uh, my cell phone, 607-760-6658, 607-760-6658, or john at nxtgensys.com. That's the abbreviation of Next Generation Systems. And the website is www.nxtgensys.com. Well, very good. I'll make sure that your um, contact information and links to your site are are on our website when I post the, the podcast. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. So do you have um, any offers for our listeners? Um or any yes. place that you'll be appearing? Yes, I do. Um, I, ha- I have an offer for, uh, for the listeners. If they're interested in our epoxy repair materials, uh, obviously go to the website, check it out. And um, if you're interested in purchasing, we're offering a 10% discount with the discount code Practical Preservation. Okay. So just type in Practical Preservation when you go to check out, and you'll get a 10% discount. Very good. Thank you. I'll make sure that's on the on the website also. Okay, terrific. Okay, thank you. Uh, is there anything else you want to share? Is there anything that popped into your mind while we were talking? Oh, I don't think so. I think one of the things, if if, if you're doing the work yourself or if you're, um, you know, I, I've restored three of my own houses as well as doing restoration for so many other people, Um it's important just to keep your head down and don't it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all that needs to be done if you're restoring an old house um, and and focus on what you've already gotten done rather than what still needs to be done because it can be pretty overwhelming at times i I agree and and you know you do you have to break it into chunks or else you do you get overwhelmed and and you then you just can't move anything forward. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Have have a great rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.